Hello, it's Bria, Katie, and Lawton from the Office of Student Life and Leadership. Welcome to another episode of Heal Talks. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with leadership development and civic engagement content through honest conversations and storytelling from UNC students, staff, faculty, and community members. We believe that leadership is a learned process, so thank you for taking the time to learn with us. With that being said, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone, happy hump day. Today I'm with the president of the Graduate and Professional Student Federation, Ryan Collins. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, Uh, thank you, Katie. Um, As you said, my name is Ryan Collins. I'm a third year law student here at UNC. Uh, I'm also an alum of Carolina, graduated in 2011 um, with a a bachelor's degree in political science and economics and a minor in creative writing. I'm originally from um, State Road, North Carolina, up toward the mountains. I've lived in North Carolina my whole life. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you because you are the first graduate student that I've had the honor to interview. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. I wanted to start off by asking you how you found yourself running for GPSF's president and just some background information on your leadership experiences. Sure. Well, I think that I am the consummate uh, over-involved student, even going back to when I was uh, in undergrad. So, um, as a undergraduate at UNC, I found my place with the Residence Hall Association. Um, I was involved in community government as a first-year student in Hinton James, um, then did a year of community government in Morrison, went on to become governor of that building my junior year and was uh, served as RHA president my senior year. Um, so I had a lot of leadership experiences um, in undergrad that really shaped um, my experience and also, uh, in many ways, my prior career I spent, uh, after I graduated from Carolina, I did a master's degree in higher education administration at NC State, um, and then worked in residence life, um, both at NC State and then at UNC Greensboro, um, for doing grad school and professional for seven years before I came back to law school. Um, so when I came back, um, in fall of 18, um, I, um, sort of casually heard about elections for the GPSF Senate, um, and then I met um, Chaston Swain, who was the previous uh, GPSF president and at the time served on the executive board um, and was a law student one year ahead of me. Um, so we talked about it, and I thought this would be a good way to get back involved on campus um, and to be of service to my fellow students. Um, so I was elected as one of the two senators from the law school, um, served a year in that role, and then, um, you know, all being interested in higher education and being uh, invested in UNC as an alum, I wanted to get more involved and to meet other graduate and professional students outside my program, so I um, applied to join Chaston's executive board and uh, got appointed to that as the treasurer, um, so I served a year as GPSF treasurer, um, and probably about halfway through the year knew that um, I wanted to continue serving and that I would likely pursue the GPSF presidency. Um, And on a suggestion from um, one of my uh, fellow board members at the time, I actually ended up running for student body president first um, and then uh, lost that election, unfortunately, but um, ended up running for and being elected as GPSF president. Um, So it's been a long journey to get here and not exactly something that I planned on when I first um, started law school, but um, you know, series, I think, of good decisions have led me here, and I'm uh, enjoying the experience. Wow, that is an impressive background. I'm blown away. 
it sounds like you've really grown from undergraduate through your experiences outside of UNC and then back to Chapel Hill. And I'm just so, so impressed. That kind of leads into my next question of how have you grown as a leader here at UNC and how have UNC resources and the university helped you in your journey to becoming such a great leader? Well, I mean, I think that's, it's, there's a couple different phases there. There's things you learn growing from an 18-year-old to a 21-year-old um, in undergrad. Um, and then for someone that's coming back as sort of a second career and being a little bit older, um, even than some of my classmates at the law school, I think there's sort of two separate journeys you go through. And um, I'll say for my you know undergraduate days, um, what I really uh, learned a lot about was the importance of relationships. You know, I, I'm by nature a very... Um, task-oriented um, and sort of strategically-minded person. And so when I first started stepping into leadership roles, I was thinking a lot more about, okay, how do we get things done? Um, it wasn't necessarily thinking a lot about the people that you need um, to get those things done. Um, and also the, just the importance of, of building relationships in order to be able to make an impact um, on the people around you. And so probably my biggest lesson that I learned from advisors that I had at the time and just I think, um, you know, the failures that I experienced at various points in my career was that you have to be, um, you have to focus on building relationships, the people that you work with, that you have to take the time to get to know them, um, both professionally and personally. You have to understand, you know, how their work style and their, um, their personalities may be different from your own and how you can work with them. Um, and ultimately, that's going to help you be more successful because you're going to have experience less conflict. And not all conflict is bad, but um, there are certainly ways that you can avoid it if you better understand um, people that you work with. Um, and I think it also makes the experience more enjoyable because you're not just doing the work, but you're doing it with people that you enjoy spending time with. Um, and then those connections and those relationships help you down the line when you need to get something done and you can call on um, a friend or a colleague and because you have that established relationship, they're more likely to help you out um, when you need it. So that was a big part of my undergraduate learning curve, if you will. Um, and that actually proved very valuable um, in my career and what I would, because I was in a very um, relationship um, uh, oriented field working in higher education. Um, so that was very important there. I think since coming into this role, um, I will say that this is a, a, a more senior role within uh, student government and I've really um, had to learn about the, the political aspect of, um, of navigating a major student leadership role and trying to figure out how do you effectively balance um, the, the needs and in some cases the demands of the constituents that you represent with trying to um, effectively represent those what those concerns and interests to the university administration um, to faculty in a way that will not um, be that will not be off-putting and ostracizing I know that you know, I have a lot of constituents that um, would prefer that I be a lot more aggressive and outspoken in some of the conversations that I have with the administrators but I also recognize that at the end of the day, if we burn a lot of bridges, it's, it's not going to help us get anything done. Um, and the phrase that I, I like to use a lot is that um, it's, it's more important to be at the table than to go in and flip it over. Um, since if you go in and you flip over a table every time you go into a meeting, 
pretty soon you're not going to be invited to that table and then you're not involved in the decisions at all. Um, and I think that we've made a lot of progress in that respect and being involved in these conversations. Um, so for example, I've been um, one of two uh, graduate and professional students that have been appointed um, to the campus and community advisory that's um, going to be advising the chancellor on our continued response to COVID-19 and, and considerations of for the spring semester in terms of what uh, possible um, not a reopening because we're not really closed right now, but a, a, a scaling up of university operations might look like. And I think that comes through um, understanding the the political dynamics and the uh, again going back to that relationship building of, of getting to know these administrators and um, developing a respect and a level of camaraderie that I think is going to make them more likely to listen to you when the big decisions have to be. Definitely. Wow. I love how you touched on relationships. Being a leader isn't just about leading. It's also about knowing who's around you, who can help you to, you know, achieve what you need to do. I think it's really important to mention relationships. That kind of leads on to my next question of what does leadership mean to you and what do you think are the most imperative qualities and tools a leader should have? So I know you mentioned the importance of listening, listening to the people around you and also not burning bridges. But, you know, what are the other qualities a leader should really have? I I think at the end of the day, leadership really has to do um, with trying to improve your community, whatever that is, whether it, in my case, it's the community of graduate and professional students at UNC um, or in my previous leadership role with RHA, the students living on campus, or, you know, when you're out um, beyond school and it might be your neighborhood um, or your workplace, it's all about trying to make um, that community better for everyone um, and not just for yourself. Um, I think a lot of uh, what's really important for me at the end of the day is, uh, is remembering that leadership is about something bigger than me. Um, and about causes that are bigger than than my own. Um, so I, I think in terms of qualities, I would say one of the important things is humility um, and recognizing that leaders need to certainly have a certain level of confidence, being bold and being um, forward-looking in their agenda, but also having humility about that and recognizing that it is not just about them and their own uh, ego, but the people that they're, they're trying to serve. So I'd say humility is an important part of that. Certainly patience, um, because sometimes... Um, the change that you're trying to make or the things that you're trying to achieve can be slow coming. Um, it's also important to have patience with people again, because everyone's work styles and their um, priorities may be a little bit different. So it's important for you to be patient um, and to be able to listen and have those conversations and understand what it is people are looking for. Certainly at the end of the day, there's a certain level of, um, of action that has to be taken and so uh, leadership is being willing to when the time comes um, to take bold and decisive um, action it's not to say to do so um, without thinking things through or without taking the time to gather all the information you need but at some point you have to to do the work Um, and i think you know in my experience i've certainly worked with leaders that are all talk and no action Um, and being able to talk and have conversations is very important and perhaps in this role more so than um, even when I was serving as treasurer, which was a you know, more specific things, a lot of being president is talking. It is, it is having conversations um, with administrators, with constituents, with all these different parties that want to have your ear. 
but you also have to be able to do things and to make things happen um, at the end of the day. And then I think the, the one other thing that I would just say is the um, importance of thinking ahead uh, and recognizing that I was actually just having a conversation with somebody about this the other day. I was um, invited back to um, a meeting of the current RHA leadership. Um, there was like a little president's reunion and they were asking us like, what advice do you have for this year's leaders? And one of the things I said is they recognize that these are very transient positions. You know, you're, you're here for a year and maybe you'll continue in other leadership roles during your time at Carolina, but sometimes you may just be setting the foundation for something that's not going to be completely finished while you're here. Um, but to recognize that it's about every little piece that helps move the organization forward and, and what you're doing to set it up for the person that comes after you um, and to be okay with sometimes not always seeing that the final product under your leadership and knowing that you've created a space where that's going to happen for somebody else down the line. I love that you mentioned humility. Um, I think humility is so important in realizing that you're doing the best you can. Every little bit counts and knowing that you can always be growing and learning as a leader is just a great reminder because everyone kind of loves to look to the leader as like the superhuman, this the one who can do it all, but no one's a superhuman. No one can do it all. Everyone's learning and growing, especially in leadership roles. So I love that. You kind of already touched on it, but uh, my last question was, did you have any advice for students or non-students looking to improve their leadership skills? If you have any more little bits of advice, what would they be? I think the most basic thing is just to get involved. Um, I mean, there's so many opportunities at the undergraduate and the uh, graduate and professional student level um, to get involved in some type of role. And, and no leadership role is too small. I mean, sometimes people think that you're not a leader unless you're the president or the uh, or the vice president or some other sort of senior leadership role. But leadership um, is, as, as I've come to conceptualize it over the years, is, is an action. It's not a position. Um, and so you can be a leader in, in the smallest of roles within an organization. If you are a senator within uh, GPSF, that's a leadership role. If you are just an everyday member of a um, of a more you know, topical organization on campus, whether that is um, the, you know, the black student movement or the chemistry club or um, the young Democrats or college Republicans, you can just be a member of that organization and still lead. You can help organize a program, you can participate, you can represent voices of, um, of marginalized communities. I mean, anything that any type of uh, role that you have within an organization can help you lead. And over the course of that, you you pick up skills, you pick, you learn things from other people, you see the examples set by people that are in these more senior um, leadership roles. And so I think at the end of the day, it's just get involved and recognize that you don't have to be in a top position or have a fancy title in order to be a leader. Thank you so much. That's a great answer. I agree with you completely. You know, just getting yourself out there, having that bravery to, you know, find what you're passionate about and wanting to make a change that's leadership in itself. So thank you again so much, Ryan, for being here. Basically, now is the time for you to talk about the Collins administration's plans for this coming year, what we should look out for the future. And then I think that this has been a great interview. Well, I do appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk with you today. I've never been on a podcast before, so this is kind of exciting. <laughs> But in terms, uh, and, and thank you for the chance to, to talk about um, our administration and what we're working on, because I think GPSF 
doesn't always, I mean, it's not as always well known um, as an organization. You know, people think about student government and they think, uh, they automatically think about undergraduates, but GPSF um, is also, is a part of student government. It is an uh, co-equal branch alongside the undergraduate student government. Um, that's a relatively new development and only um, came, it, it only happened a couple years ago that that became the case. Um, but we're trying hard to, to get recognition um, on campus. Um, and so, you know, needless to say, a lot of our priorities and focus has been shifted since um, the pandemic. So we were a lot busier this summer um, than normally we would be. Um, we actually had a, a summer special meeting of our Senate over the summer, which I don't know if that's ever happened because historically we haven't had to meet during the summer. Um, but needless to say, we had a lot of conversations over the summer about um, the pandemic and what the university was doing to support um, graduate and professional students during that difficult time. Uh, a lot of conversations in the plans um, for the roadmap, for the reopening for the fall, which um, of course didn't go as planned. Um, and so now we have shifted to um, what are we doing to support students in a re largely remote environment, even as we think about what is the spring um, hold in store. Um, so we've been focused focused on everything from, of course, just the, the safety and well-being of uh, graduate and professional students, especially those that are needing to continue coming to campus to do research um, or for the brief period of time that we had um, on-campus classes for undergraduates, those serving as uh, teaching assistants um, in those courses, um, which, you know, is a, a question that we'll continue to think about for the spring as we contemplate whether or not UNC will offer in-person classes in the spring. Um, we're thinking about uh, people's ability to complete their research um, work on time when access to libraries and field research is largely limited for various uh, due to various restrictions. Um, we are thinking about people having continuing to have the funding that they need to continue their research because the university and they frankly are looking at budget cuts. So those are some of the things that we're um, concerned about. Also, the mental health and well-being of our students as they're operating in a remote environment. Um, I think that's particularly true for a lot of our professional schools um, who are um, doing almost all their classes remotely so students are learning and they're not getting that social interaction and in many cases may not learn as well on an online um, environment um, we have a number of experiential programs where it's just like performing arts for example it's very hard to to learn how to do acting and stage presence and things like that um, over a, over a video conference so those are some of the things we're thinking about there, but nevertheless, we are still trying to push forward with this, as much of our other, um, our planned agenda as we had. Uh, we've had a big focus on civic engagement um, as we head into the fall 2020 election. So we've been doing a lot of um, publicity and information around making sure people are registered to vote, that they know how to vote, um, that they can make sure that their vote is counted, because um, that's something that we're obviously very concerned about um, with this election. Um, and we've also, we're a partner with um, the Stone Center here on campus, the League of Women Voters, and a number of other groups to host a, um, a Senate debate um, for the North Carolina Senate race um, that is coming up on October uh, the 3rd, I believe. Um, we'll be host hosting that in a virtual format, so um, we'll have an opportunity to actually GPSF ask questions of the candidates and see where they stand on, on some of the issues. We are continuing to focus on um, our efforts to advocate for higher graduate student stipends. Um, again, that's going to be challenging given the budget cuts the university is facing, but we know that our graduate students provide important services to the institution, 
and we want to make sure that they are appropriately compensated and are able to um, you know, take care of their, their needs during their four to six years that they are here at the university. Um, and then the last thing that I will you know, highlight is our efforts to um, improve and foster our relationships with um, the Chapel Hill um, and local communities. So we've been building relationships with um, town and local and county officials, um, not only here in Chapel Hill and Orange County, but in Durham. Um, since so many of our, since the vast majority of our constituents live off campus, um, we have some students who live here, live in Beatty Hill and our graduate family housing, but most of our constituents live off campus and are making their lives here again for, for four to six years. And um, they don't you know, come and go in the summer as often as many of our undergraduates do. So um, how are we advocating to make sure that they have a positive experience living out in the community and that we as residents um, are doing our part to um, be positive citizens uh, of these communities for the time that we're living there. So those are just a few of those things. Um, my full platform is uh, online. It's uh, Collins for the number four Collins for Carolina web.unc.edu. Um, so that has our full platform laid out there. But um, I, I will say, you know, the pandemic has been a great example of this. But one of my other lessons of leadership that I would advise people to think about is that you uh, the best laid plans can often be cast asunder. And so sometimes you come in with one set of things that you want to do and the needs of the situation reveal something entirely different that you have to focus on. Uh, that's true of the pandemic, that's true of relations and um, uh, the racial justice concerns that have come up over the course of the summer. So our, our priorities and our focus have shifted as the situation has demanded it. Um, but that kind of flexibility and adaptability is important for any leadership role. Definitely. Thank you so much, Ryan. It sounds like you really are prioritizing the students, trying to ensure that their time here at Carolina is really the best that it can possibly be. This year has been, you know, monumental and crazy in all sorts of ways, but it sounds like you are really trying to make the best of it. And I'm really excited to see how you and your admin continue to better the community. So thank you so much again, Ryan, for being here with us. Check back in with us next time for more leadership conversations with our engaging and inspiring guests. Be sure to like, comment, and share Heel Talks wherever you are listening. We'll catch you next time. Peace.